1: The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Antlera Podcast. We are on episode 147, and for this week, Dimitri and I just sat down in his little man cave area, and we talked a little bit about what has transpired so far for our season. And we wanted to kind of talk about, like, Dimitri has already have has three deer down, and I'm still going out there grinding away. He's still grinding away for a PA buck. And... We just talked a little bit about what our encounters have been. We talked a little bit about trail cam, kind of good things, bad things with that, and where we kind of see ourselves going with that in the future. But so far, I really wanted to hopefully air this and say, hey, this upcoming weekend, this past weekend, we had success. Uh, However, I'm going to be going away to get after it for three days. So I needed to get this aired. So hopefully this has a good post with it with some more uh I don't know maybe a buck or or some other deer with it uh from Demetri and I or Jim or Mike so we just want to just again have kind of a little camp talk talk a little bit about again what our season has been so far and I know I've given you listeners a little bit of an update throughout the year uh with each episode of what i've been going through uh and uh you know it's been a fun year so far and i say it here in the beginning of the podcast with dimitri the best is yet to come so hopefully that's the case all right everybody best of luck hopefully these last couple days it's going to be really cold and hopefully if you have yet to knock down a buck something happens for you thanks again everybody for all the support let us know for upcoming episodes. We love to hear success stories. What has what went into it for you? So if you're interested and you want to come on, man, just hit us up. We're we're more than happy to to have you on. Thanks again, everybody. Thanks for the support. Antler up. And before we get into this week's episode, I want to share with you a discount code from black rifle coffee and black rifle coffee company is a veteran owned coffee company serving premium coffee to people who love America. So fuel your next adventure and purchase at www.blackriflecoffee.com and use code antler at checkout to save 20% off your purchase and or your first club coffee club subscription last year was a wild year for censorship for hunters and anglers. We partnered with social media partners, platform go wild to combat mainstream social media censorship go wild was built by outdoorsmen and women by hunters and anglers just like you go wild is a free social community not only are your photos not censored they're encouraged on go wild and go wild gives you points for things like sharing your trophies gear reviews and inviting friends as you earn points you unlock awesome rewards too such as gift cards Free swag, knives, huge discounts on brands like Garmin and Vortex, and so much more. And if you create a free account, you can unlock $10 just for trying it out. Visit and download GoWild.com to get started. All right, everybody, let's get into this week's episode. It's kind of- differently this year because we wanted to spend time or use the time wisely where we're not burning the candle at, all different ends between hunting work and family and stuff like podcasting. So we, we tried to do a better job with it. And I thought that worked great. Yep. Um, but man, I, I still feel like it allowed a lot of different things. So I kind of, it allowed to, I don't feel like I hunted as much. I felt like I was a little bit more calculated and purposeful with the hunts and allowed us to, be with family more, which was good as well. So I feel like that was all, uh, obviously a plus, but I feel like sitting here, like I said, November 9th, the best is still yet to come, even though the time is winding down, I still think there's still really good opportunities for us.
2: Yeah. And then, and if, if this podcast gets interrupted at all, we just realize that my house is probably on fire <laughs> and we had to evacuate. So currently the, the, the mountain that that I live on, uh, going past our property is state game lands. And they decided to do a prescribed burn today and it got a little out of control. So, (laughs) yeah, which is only about a mile to three miles away. So we're pretty close. So unfortunately I think everything's under control, but if you hear us get just cut off, it's probably not good, but (laughs) now everything will be okay. Um, but yeah, I, I, mean, I, I think, this year specifically, I I knew, not that I had limited time, mm-hmm. but my game plan was to to only have a handful of spots. Because I think what I was doing is I was, you know, you want a game plan A, B, C, D, you know, which right. we typically do. But I was picking too many bigger areas and, and you know, not in the same... Uh, <sighs> I was trying to be too diverse, okay, right? Yep. And 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 have all these different areas that I could go, but I was limited on time of scouting them and getting trail cameras in there and you know, I felt like when I was going in there I wasn't making calculated moves and, you know, wasn't really honing in on you know the terrain features and how the deer were moving I didn't have the time and and to really learn that Mm -hmm. so what I really wanted to do is just take maybe two or three of my best areas that I have which is one um, is private and then the, the two other ones were were public and then really try to learn them and, and, and figure out how the deer moved. And, and that way, when I went in to hunt, which is about the, you know, I hunted this year, probably about as much as I have the last few years, I could make those um, hunts matter and more calculated and, and feel like that anytime that I went in there and and hunted that I had a real good chance Chance. of putting something on the ground, which typically, you know, I'd be like, well, let's try this. It's, it's October 9th or it's October 17th and it's not quite a cold front. So, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe I'll just go in here, but I tell you what though, I mean, I had a lot more encounters with deer. Um, you know, only a handful, a couple, uh, with mature bucks here in PA, but, um, you know, I saw a lot more deer than I ever have this season. So, you know, it definitely paid off for me. And I think, you know, once you learn a couple and you kind of, you never really have them figured out, but you, you kind of know where you need to be and when you need to be there, Then you can kind of go off and maybe try to find other pieces. Yeah. You know, then you can kind of get that inventory of, of different spots that, that are going to be beneficial to you.
1: I agree with exactly everything you said, because I feel the same. I I was trying to count even driving over here because I knew the conversation we were going to have. And I think there were a total of three sits And that's including whether it only be a quick one after work or an all day sit, I think three hunts where I did not see a deer, uh, which is awesome. I mean, I know what I love to have already released an arrow and killed a deer, you know, yeah. But at the same time, like you said, I've seen more deer this year because how many times in the past couple of years were like, oh, man, it's Halloween and we still haven't (laughs) seen a legal buck or we've. You know last year boy it, it, we didn't we saw one doe until l- late october mm-hmm. you know so yep. we, i feel again i did the same thing i i honed in on certain spots and kind of really focused on knowing that area and and seeing how deer moved and try to put yourself and hopefully you're in a lucky spot at that time so yeah it's it's been really cool year i like again i know i didn't i haven't hunted as much as say years past i remember you know my wife would be so irritated cause I'd be after work and okay, I hurry up and go. And this year it was calculated. It was like, Hey, Nora has dance on Thursdays. I'm going out in the woods for a little bit. You know what I mean? And whether that meant scout, so like still hunting and kind of trying to find my way and you know, or a, Hey, this Saturday looks like crap in the morning. Don't have a really good lead. I'll spend time with them. And then the evening, Hey, I'm going to go out and you know what I mean? Just, a little bit more calculated so yeah yeah
2: and i I always tell myself just uh because it goes fast right we talked about there's a week and a half of the season in archery left and you know we wait for this moment all you know winter into spring (laughs) into summer and we just can't wait till that october rolls around when that first day hits here in pennsylvania and uh, it goes so fast you know even though each week each week you're hunting and, you know, you may only get a couple of days per week, man, does it fly by, but you know, my season's going pretty well so far. I yeah. mean, it's October or November 9th and I already have three, three. deer in the freezer. Yeah. So, um, I always tell myself, I just want to have fun and I really been doing that this year and I just try not to put a lot of pressure on myself. Um, and, uh, you know, the beginning of the season, I, we had the kind of the monsoon, mm-hmm. The monsoon, um, and, uh, the opening day, yep. which it didn't rain, um, till a little bit later on than expected. When I woke up, it said it was going to start about seven thirty, which is right about daybreak. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, I just kind of threw a, a sit where I found some f- very fresh sign the week before, which wasn't in kind of the spots that I typically hunted. It's kind of a, more of a travel corridor, um, but uh i went into the spot and there was i mean i was kind of going in with my headlamp there was probably seven or eight deer right that within 50 yards of where i wanted to be so yeah. there i think the weather kind of pushed them back a little bit earlier um or that would have probably been a really good sit so and then that night the rain never really let up to about a half hour i did make it out i sat in the rain um, it's one of those things where it's the first day so you, mm-hmm. <laughs> you got to be out there had a doe and a, two fawns come out and then just kind of the wind direction wasn't right. And they kind of get the 60 yards and, and then kind of just took off. So, you know, I mean, pretty good solid first day, which is a lot of those times, those first days is might not see anything. Right. You know? So, and then, you know, I had, uh, let's see, I had just had some encounters with, I mean, a lot of does and, and small bucks. I think I saw, Leading into mid-October, just as many s- small bucks mm-hmm. as I did does. Which, which is great. Yeah. For four future. points, uh, spikes, which was really good and encouraging. You know, I know it's not been short buck does after, but it I was in the right areas. Mm-hmm. And um, was something I typically didn't see a couple of seasons ago um, at that time frame. Got me real excited and then i think it was i don't know what the exact date 14th 15th whatever that friday was i went into a a public uh land spot that we've hunted before it was the first time i was in there you've had really good action in there before and uh i just knew it was a piece that no one's been into yeah it's kind of that tucked in spot Um, which is weird because other spots of that does get (laughs) it, it gets hit very hard yeah um so I kind of tucked down into this, this one area and it was, you know, it was kind of not a ton of sign and, and, um, I knew I, it was more of a, you know, going for a dough mm-hmm. um, was kind of the, the game plan into that night. Uh, and I got into that area and there was just a little patch of, uh, open timber with oaks in it. And, uh, they were just, dropping really hard and you always hear people, you know, the biggest thing now is like that feed tree, right. Is, is the kind of, um, and I didn't, you know, there wasn't the sign there to tell me that's that what, what it was, but there was just a lot of oaks dropping and the the acorns were hitting the ground. It was just a nice little open area. And I, I set up and, um, it was warm. I think it was, it was probably 65, almost 70 degrees that night. And, um, right at last light, I, I had a two does come, come down through. And, um, the first one, you know, they were about the same size of good mature does. And, uh, she came 25, 26 yards and into my open lane and got a shot off. And she ran maybe 40, 50 yards and piled up. And my dad and I came back to the house, got changed and took the cart in and we found her right away. Um, so that was my first doe uh, and like you said, you know, kind of using good days to your advantage where the next day I just, you know, it was cold enough to leave her overnight. Next morning I woke up, took care of her, cut mm-hmm. her up. I didn't even really hunt, um, that morning or I might've hunted that evening, but I got her cut up and yep. you know, all that and sp- spent the morning with the family on Saturday morning, which typically doesn't happen yeah, very often on, uh, <laughs> during, season. during hunt season. So, you know, that was, that was the first half of, uh,
1: um, probably October for me. Yeah. Yeah. My, my first half uh, of October was kind of a little bit of the same, like got on deer, like maybe not on a shot opportunities. Uh, like that opening night, I, I I'm trying to think of while you were playing, saying that I was trying to go back to, I know I was at home because for the first time ever, Opening day, because of trail cameras, and that's actually a topic I do want to maybe try to to get to before we're done tonight, is leading up to opening day, I finally had a deer, quote-unquote, doing some sort of pattern, right? You know, like, in years past, we would get one, and then they disappeared. There's there's that second shift, you know? So, leading up to opening day, back at home in northeast Pennsylvania, I had a decent bucket, no scrapes that we found. And so I got in there, the, the wind was right that, and I got in there that, that evening. And when I say evening, I got in there at like noon, (laughs) I wanted (laughs) to take every precaution of either jumping something, jump something or, or whatever. And I was set up on the uh, double scrape area and the spot that I was anticipating the deer to come from, uh, does came and kind of me being like me, I got all excited. And uh, the yearling, she wasn't that big of a doe. The yearling caught my wind and she bounded away, kind of going towards the entry route. Well, there was another big size doe coming. And when she came in, she got to about 30 yards and she crossed an opening. And that's when I got excited. And I was like, I'm sending one. And I sent an arrow and I hit her. And from what I thought, like, and I have said this to you, uh, that was probably the whole process. So let me talk about that. Like, you know, if you've listened to the podcast before, you know, I struggled with like target panic and all that stuff. I went through the process so good. And like, I watched the arrow, like I did not jerk. You know what I mean? I watched it as if I'm still holding my bow up and watched the arrow send And I'm, you know, this game is a game of inches and I missed, I hugged the shoulder a little too, too tight and either she took a step, she moved, I I don't know. Uh, All I know is that it, the arrow did hit where my pin was behind and I'm guessing she jumped a little bit being 30 yards and with her moving, I'm assuming it hit straight shoulder blade or a little bit forward. And I got zero penetration like zip. Cause when she moved, like, I mean, you heard that th- like it hit crack. And when she turned literally the whole arrow was still sticking out. So I was just like kind of dumbfounded. I did not find any blood. Um, when I got down at the end of the night, however, like I was still, I think had like 35 minutes to go and was hoping a buck was still come And so unfortunately I did not recover. I went in that next morning in that same area and, uh, did not see any blood or anything like that. So i kind of chalked it up that that deer would be okay and, and live being again, I mean, maybe two inches of penetration. Uh, so that's unfortunate. And so it's kind of probably the, the downfall, not downfall, but like the bad part of the season, uh, really. And then kind of each weekend would, would go by and kind of, if it was good weather and, you know, I would spend, be in the woods, and if it was bad, I'd spend time with the family. And uh, I would say, when did Penn Penn State played? Uh, was it the Ohio State game two weekends ago, or was it the? That, yeah, that was the the twenty third, or no? I'm the sorry, the weekend before. Yeah, so it was the wideout game. So yep. it was the what Minnesota, Minnesota game? Minnesota, yep. Uh, that was the one Saturday where. Uh, the night before, I got an evening sit after work. I drove, flew flew home and got an evening sit and did not see anything. And on our way out, my dad and I were walking up the two-track road. And I mean, Demetrio, we are four minutes from the truck. And right there, again, how I've said it before, these deer go in only like 15, 20 yards off that two-track road on either side of it in the timber. And they use that. They'll either bed in that area or they'll walk, quote, unquote, in their cover Mm. uh, up and down that mountain. And we kicked out a doe and a buck that was bedded right there. And it was a good buck. You could see in our headlamp. And the next morning, my dad had to go to Penn State to go to tailgate game. I stayed at the house, and I got up early to leave. And I was anticipating to hunt my normal area down at the bottom because I haven't touched it yet, and my cameras were dead. So I was like, I need to go put batteries in there and I need to, no one's been down there. I think it could be good. So that was my intention. And then I didn't get a chance to see my dad before I left and he left and he called me and I was still driving on the mountain and he goes, Hey, uh, your brother's stand had a couple, two different bucks on it and a doe at, you know, middle of the night. And I said, really? And right then and there, it changed my mind. I'm like something's got to be going on this is right around halloween ish time frame and uh and the reason why i bring this up is because my first fawn on camera this past year if you go back to the weekends date it back it was that halloween weekend that she was quote unquote you know or the doe was con you know conceived from gotten plowed so <laughs> we uh that's why i wanted to go in that weekend so Right there, my plans went out the window, and I said, I'm going to that area where that buck was. So I get set up, found the trail. I only went in about 20 yards. I found a really good tree. Right during gray light, I had a doe right away. Fast forward, maybe 725, a half rack comes in. And he's all grunting and uh, having having a time of his life scraping and, and breaking trees and stuff. It was cool to watch him, and I hope he survives because if he next year it could be a really nice buck. And then when was it? Then I had a, a yearling doe come in from the opposite side, and then I had a fisher come through, and the fisher kicked a buck down from the other side. He must have been bedded that I didn't know or didn't see maybe about 70, 80 yards on the other side of the, of the two track. And I was changing my arrow to shoot the fisher because I have a tag for a fisher. Uh, and he must have saw me and he, he took off. So I re-put the normal arrow on. And all of a sudden, about 20 minutes later, I hear something moving below me. And I, all I saw was out past the ears was a, was a good buck. So I give a hard grunt call. And this buck comes straight up. I was anticipating him to go a little bit more left in front, like how I'm in the saddle facing. I was anticipating him to come a little bit left. So I stayed behind, tucked behind a tree to, for cover. And he just kept coming straight. So if I would have done like a weak side shot, I would have had a 14 yard shot. Mm-hmm. But he was looking right at me. Like I, if the second I would move, maybe I could have done it. I don't know, and got a, a, it, it would have been super quick but here was the pie ball that we've had on camera. And he was a beautiful deer, beautiful, beautiful coat on him. Uh, like I said, really out past the years, which was really cool to see. Uh, so he did then start walking where I thought he was going to go and he was behind a big tree and I drew back and he took a half step and all he needed to do was come out six, seven inches and his vitals would have been uh, presented to me and they, he stayed there for about seven, eight seconds n- thinking something wasn't right. Cause he was like, where's this buck that I just called? And he bounded maybe four steps. And when he did that, I had a quick let down and he started walking a little bit faster away from me. And I quick ranged a spot, an area that I had an opening where he was going to go. And it said 36, 37 yards. I quick changed the dial. I drew back. I was on him trying to stop him. And as soon as I went on that second one, he took off. So I let down, I was all shook. I was all excited. I called my dad. I said, the pie ball, I just was drawn back on him twice. Holy cow. I texted you and everything and told you the story. And, uh, and then right away I had two spikes come through and you know, this is all before noon. This is all before the Penn State game. And I'm sitting there. Penn State game comes on I'm like, all right, it's noon. Maybe won't have any movement coming through. So I'm knees are in the tree backband is on. I'm tucked in, got the charger on the phone going. I'm watching Penn State. And all of a sudden, about 80, 90 yards in front of me to my left. Now, it sounds like trees are just falling down. I mean, just like I'm like, what is going on? And all of a sudden I see Brown and again, I do a, a grunt call cause I'm like, Hey, maybe someone will come. Like I'm an idiot, you know, I'm just calling and she comes flying by me by like 40 yards to my left. So I'm my, I have my bow in hand, I'm ready to go. And she is flying towards me. I'm like, Holy crap. And then right behind her is a really nice big eight point or something, just something. I'm, I'm assuming it's an eight point behind him about four yards is another nice, similar buck, maybe not as big. Then behind that one was a forker about four or five yards. And behind that one, maybe about eight yards is a little button buck. It was unbelievable, but she's running for her life. And these bucks were on her and they're grunting. I'm going, Hey, Hey, trying to stop them. They didn't care. They took off flying. I didn't see another deer the rest of the day. I sat there all day, but holy heck, man, that was like that right there was a a day in the woods where you're like, Yep. No matter, even though I didn't kill, that was a really cool day, but to kind of bring everything in the full circle, it just, I went with my gut. Do you know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. my dad was like, well, why'd you go to that spot? It's only five minutes from where we park. It's only, I was like, well, dad, you said we kicked something out of there in that general vicinity area the night before. You said there was a couple other deer on camera that's where my brother stand is, which is a... 250 300 yards still down two ridges but I was like something has gone through there just you know what I mean and I just had that gut feeling and never had a camera in there and I actually when I got out uh, I saw a trail and I found like a a little scrape Um, because I actually was like looking on this trail and I like got hit by the licking branches. And I like looked down, I was like, Oh, look at this. This is the licking branch. And here's the scrape. Like I stumbled upon it. Yep. Um, but yeah, I was just tickled pink just to uh, gone through the pie, the pie ball, the dough getting chased by four different bucks and seeing the the spikes, the half rack, like, Holy heck, it was, it was just awesome.
2: Yeah. And that's it. that same weekend, which I, th- I think that was the 22nd. Um, yeah, that was the 22nd because I had similar action that that morning um i went out uh and I, I didn't know where i wanted to go and and i haven't been back into the little uh pinch point that i shot my buck last year yeah and i had some good trail camera pictures of a, another buck that was kind of using that pinch point to go back into his bed that kind of took the place of the buck that my dad killed last mm-hmm. year mm-hmm. um he's not not as big obviously um a little younger buck but a decent eight point yeah uh and uh so i figured well let's give that spot a chair it was cool cooler that morning not mm-hmm. real cold but cooler morning haven't been in there so i And But what I did change is my access path. Okay. I went, you know, I almost went to the opposite side of the ridge and walked that whole length of the ridge down um, and then kind of J-hooked it back to where I wanted to be in that pinch point. Um, So, I really took my time, took me a long time in the dark to get back there. And I got back there and I got J-hooked into the, the area that I wanted to be and I look down and similar to you, I, I saw scrape, mm-hmm. fresh scrape, um, probably made the date that, that night, or maybe even the day before. Yeah. Probably no longer than that. Um, and I did just get some buck fever or the red moon, mm-hmm. doe estrus and the mature buck. So, um, I figured, well, here's a fresh scrape. This is the pinch point I want to be in. I have a camera right here. This is the path he's taken. So I put a little of the doe estrus into the scrape and, uh, I got about 15, 20 yards. There was a tree, it's a, th- a thicker area. So there's not a whole lot of choices of, you can't get real high and you, there's not a lot of trees to pick from to get up in. So I get up in the tree, I can shoot the scrape. Um, I was feeling really good about this set. And I kind of figured to myself, the first deer that I see is probably going to be that buck. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm sitting there, gets light out. Uh, you know, this is the same weekend that there's still still muzzleloader mm-hmm. and it was the youth rifle weekend and I'm on public ground. Uh, so I knew I was going to deal with that a little bit, yeah. but I was okay with it. Cause I felt like I was deep enough into the bedding, um, that even if they got pushed by the time they would get back there, they, they would be a little calmed down and they would still come through that area, which, which was the case. Um, so I was sitting there I heard a stick snap. Uh, I looked up. I saw a deer kind of coming over the ridge. He wasn't quite running, but he was not walking. He was kind of trotting. And then I saw it was a buck. I'm like, oh, that's probably that buck. I just had a feeling that it was him. So I grabbed my bow and uh, he started stopped for a couple seconds and then he started trotting again. And he's coming right through exactly how I thought into my lane. He was probably 30 to 35 yards, but... You know, he, he went through there. I only had, like, two lanes that I probably could shoot. But, he, you know, when he's alerted, mm-hmm. I didn't want to give up my spot. So, yeah. I, like, I didn't want to, like, grunt or, you know, or, or, or you know, try to stop him. Because mm-hmm. I didn't want him to know that I was there. Um, just because I knew even if I didn't get a shot opportunity, I'd be back in there and he'd right. be using that spot. So, I, I didn't really want to give that up. <sighs> Maybe if I did, I might have got the shot opportunity. Um, but he ran by me. And then right at the edge of the, this pinch point that starts the laurel. And he runs into the laurel. He's about 45, 50 yards. And he stops. Okay. Um, and the wind's blowing right from that scrape that's right in front of me. Straight, straight to him. Okay. So he's standing in there. He's facing away from the scrape. And he's about 50 yards in the laurel. All I can see is his head in his rack. <laughs> and this buck, the wind, like I said, is blowing towards the scrape. He can smell this estrus. Mm-hmm. And so he's like kind of sniffing. He's kind of settled down a little bit. And then he turns 180 and he starts walking right back to the scrape. And I'm like, holy cow. He's going to walk, be a 20 yard shot into the scrape, uh, come into my opening. And this, this. Uh, buck fever is going to save me. I'm going to get mm-hmm. shot at this buck. So he comes right to the edge of the laurel. And he's probably only 30 yards, 35 at the max. But there's just no way of getting shot. There's brush and there's limbs. And, you know, it just wasn't a, a lane that I could shoot. And I'm waiting and waiting. I'm like, come on, crossover, crossover. We need about 10, 15 yards. And he would have been, I mean, perfect. And he just I don't know if he could smell it and know where his scrape was and he didn't see anything um so he just kind of kind of slowly turned and he was just like I need to get back to my bed and he kind of slowly turned and walked away and he was courting away at like I ranged him at 40 yards and it was one of those things that I was probably looking like Muhammad Ali up there, bobbing my head and even, yeah. and yep. f- trying to find a lane that I could pass an arrow through in there. And I mean, he was just standing there. If I, I dropped,
1: if I dropped the yeah. saddle down a yeah. little bit more, I
2: mean, I was trying everything because he was just right there, 40 yards quartering away. Like, yep. you know, I could see his vitals, but it, there was no open lane. And then he just kind of got into the thicket and went right back to bed. And, uh, you know, just kind of walked out. But, I mean, that was a super cool encounter. Um, you know, everything that I planned worked. If he just wasn't bumped, yeah. you know, he probably was coming back through there. He probably would have just been walking. But, you know, that's the game we play on public land. And then later that that uh, day, I had two big does come through. They kind of came through. And then I had a uh, four-point kind of came through the same pinch point. So, you know, it was pretty, pretty successful morning. Yep. You know, saw that buck, had an opportunity, was shooting, shooting range, just didn't stop. Um, you know, I was pretty impressed with the buck fever that, mm-hmm. you know, that he, he smelt that. He came in. Um, I'm liking that it's synthetic. Mm-hmm. Just because how many times, you know, you, you use a little bit and you got to throw it away. Yep. Right. You know, you're going to have this uh, year after year. still going to be good. So I'm excited for that. Um, and then that night. It was, it was like, what, 70 degrees has got really warm fast. It was cool in the morning, warmed up quickly. Uh, so I know that like a buck probably wasn't going to move to very last light. I was like, Hey, I have another doe tag. So I, uh, went down to one of the private pieces, which is my father-in-law's property. And they have a a big field that I was just going to sit in there, you know, try to shoot a doe, maybe see a buck come out at last light. Um, probably 25 30 minutes before last light probably two does and two small bucks uh spike and a four point came up over the hill and it was just one of those things for some reason that big doe just came on a string right to the corner where (laughs) where it was it was just one of those things where you're like well they're pretty far away and she just she's just coming so she came to about 27 yards 28 yards um she was slightly quartering to me uh the problem was if she got any more towards the wood line there was a limb that i couldn't shoot yep uh so i figured that i could tuck that that shot right behind the shoulder um and still get lung and liver and be able to make a good shot and I shot and I hit her and she ran up the hill about fifty yards and I could see her standing there and I thought she was gonna tip over. Mm-hmm. Uh I'm like, Man, she's right there, gonna tip over, gonna be easy drag. Um but she just stood there and then it was and then she kinda like walked off and I couldn't see her. It was kinda thick in there. Um so I kinda questioned the shot, which I figured it might have been back a little bit. Okay. Uh so I could see the other deer in the field. They were kind of looking up there. So I knew, I mean, I knew I hit her good. um, And they were looking, looking up there. Uh, So I got down uh, and checked the arrow. There was lots of blood. But I did see that I probably, my guess was I hit liver and then obviously hit a little stomach Mm -hmm. uh, just because of the angle. Uh, So I walked up the path where where I thought she was standing. Okay. And I could see eyes. She was bedded down. So I knew that she was hit hard. It wasn't the greatest shot in the world. So what do you do? You back Back out. out, So that night I I backed out. It was cold enough. It was going to drop down into about 30. Mm -hmm. Um, So I went back the next morning, crack of dawn. I walked up. I marked at the the level of the path that, that she was. I could see the eyes. And I walked in there 30 yards and there she was she, she was laying there didn't yep. move um meat was all good because it was cold enough big dough. uh so you know i had my yeah second deer down on the year and you know it takes pressure off shooting those does i know we try to do it every year mm-hmm. and it's just when it happens it's yeah good. <laughs> it, this is the first year that i've been able to put two down this quickly yeah um so, it's a good feeling. It takes a lot of pressure off. You can kind of focus on bucks and mm-hmm. you know not have to worry about, you know, got to get something, Do I shoot a doe? Do I yeah. sh- you know wait for a
1: buck or yeah, especially when it gets towards that November time frame. yeah, i've I've actually, even though again, I know I don't know, I think it's it's finally doing the whole like practice what you we preach. you know, I'm like not like you said, like I'm having fun seeing deer. Like, don't get me wrong. I want to kill something, but at the same time, I'm not, I don't know. I'm not working myself up for it. Like, you know, like, you know, Hey, we got a couple days this weekend only left to really go to get after for all day sits and kind of go from there. So I know like those days will be pressured, but like leading up to it right now, I feel pretty good. Like how I said earlier, it's the best is yet to come. Uh, You know, I, I want to have Ian on when we talk, when you guys talk about Ohio. So like, I want the two of you guys to just talk a little bit about your trip and the planning. And, you know, we could dive into that, like on another podcast, but yeah, I I don't know. I just think coming up of, you know, these, it's been very warm. Um, I, you know, you hear the rut still the rut and deer are moving and which I, I, I do agree with that. I'm not saying that, but the areas that, Like we talked about earlier, the general vicinity areas that we've scouted and really honed in on, man, where my camera's completely dead. Uh, My dad has the time where he's able to say, Hey, here's my two weeks off that I want. And he's able to take that. And he's had some opportunities and those opportunities are when it was colder in the morning and then it's completely quiet and the cameras go off at when it's dark. You know what I mean? So it's, um, it's been a f- weird rut so far. Like something, like I said, then some, some of our friends that have killed, it's been that colder, uh, mornings, whatever you, you know what I mean? And that's when they're getting it done. And so I don't know. I, I think for us this upcoming weekend, obviously this will air next week. So it's going to be passed. So hopefully during the intro, we could say, yeah, Dimitri and I both hit a buck, <laughs> you know? Yeah. But at the same time, Man, you, you draw it up. You, you can't draw it up any better for what it's, what's to come for us coming ahead. I mean, you figure rain Friday, and then it just gets freaking cold.
2: Yeah, it's going to be, I think it's like a 20-degree 20, 20 temperature drop from Friday into Saturday mm-hmm. as far as the high. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think Sunday is almost a 30-degree. Mm-hmm. So it's a little bit worse. So, yeah, I'm excited. I'm, I'm probably going to head back to that pinch point that mm-hmm. I've been kind of hunting where I shot my buck last year uh that's my my game plan I, I went in there the se- the following Saturday morning which is the 29th uh I just had a good wind again same wind and just thought you know without the pressure of the the rifle hunters mm-hmm. and the muzzleloader hunters that he might come through there and it was actually colder I think it was like 29 or 30 degrees that morning Um, and I was also the next day I was leaving for Ohio. So I wasn't going to hunt that afternoon because if I got something, it would just get pretty messy with trying to get it taken care of before we left. So I was going to hunt the morning and that was it. Spend some time with family the afternoon. And, uh, you know, I, I, I was sitting there, it was, you know, first light, light enough to shoot legal shooting light. And it was probably 10, 15 minutes into it and the leaves are finally crunchy enough where you can hear everything mm-hmm. and you know it's dark and i hear Ch-ch-ch-ch-ch. and i kind of move based off the wind a little bit to be closer than 30 30 35 yards from that buck um there was a tree i saw that could get into and just be a little bit closer mm-hmm. and um i got up and i hear a deer coming and i could hear it and hear it. it's one of those things so you hear it and you're like man where is it i should be able to see it by now and i was just thinking man first light that's that buck coming through yeah. he's gonna walk right by me and uh i saw saw a deer and you know i'm looking at its head and i'm like man is that that buck is it a small buck and and it got like it's like 15 yards and it's coming through the thick stuff and it's about to walk right into my opening at like five to ten yards (laughs) and i'm like oh here we go and i'm just waiting to draw back and it pops out at probably six yards and it looks up at me big doe big (laughs) doe i'm like you gotta be kidding me (laughs) big doe by herself was the weirdest thing ever she just kind of you know she saw me but she was only five yards I'm like man if I had a doe tag you'd be smoked. But uh she she kinda just walked off and walked back to her bedding and um and that but that morning I saw I saw a total of um I think eleven deer Mm -hmm. which is very unusual Mm -hmm. for a morning just a two to three hour morning sit. Um but the this funnel that I found is just where the deer wanna be and they're going all different directions uh it did have one buck uh grunting chasing a doe how i saw about 50 55 yards through the laurel i saw his body and then i saw kind of a flash of his rack which he probably might have been that buck or a different Mm -hmm. buck but he definitely was a good one um and then he kind of circled down below me but i could hear him trailing about 30 yards below the doe you you can hear all the walking uh but it's just too thick you can't i Mm -hmm. couldn't see it uh but i mean so having success i had another encounter um got back from ohio on thursday still had a couple days to hunt here in pa um had another encounter i was telling you about before we jumped on Mm -hmm. um i went to again back to my father-in-law's piece uh it was hot but i just felt like there wasn't a lot of pressure on that property so um i knew the bucks would be cruising cruising there so i kind of went to the top of the piece found a fresh scrape uh and then there's a trail that goes straight straight down the one hill into some laurel so i figured that's exactly where the buck's bedding uh he's coming up scraping and then going down the other side of the hill so uh like i was telling you the wind was blowing from that scrape straight down to his bed so i kind of knew that it wasn't ideal Mm -hmm. but i was there i figured i'd try to hunt it You know we've talked to different people that kind of have given the buck the wind but then kind of try to play it off a little bit where it's kind of marginal yep uh but the buck might feel more comfortable and you just might be able to pull it off so you're kind of playing with fire yep and i knew that i was but there's such a low pressure area i thought i might get away with it so i kind of Got off his path uh, about 35 yards. I might have, should have done a little bit more, but I wanted to be in that comfortable shooting uh, range. I got about 35 yards off thinking that my scent would parallel his trail enough that if he got close enough to me that my wind would be blowing past him um, and he wouldn't pick me off. Uh, And I sat there and probably about half hour before dark, here he comes, pops out. Nice eight point. Um, <laughs> comes out. He circles circles downwind a little bit. I thought it was kind of done for, but I hung a little of that um, doe estrus on that scrape. And it was blown r- again right down to the buck. And he got to the point where you knew he could smell me, but he also could smell that doe estrus. And he... Couldn't choose what he wanted to do, yeah, you know, because yeah. any other situation, I know that that buck would have been gone. gone. Yeah, like he, for 10-15 minutes, he had his nose up in the air and he sniffing and sniffing and sniffing, and he just couldn't make the decision if he wanted to go after that doe or if he wanted to stay away from a human. So, yeah. um, he got to about 45, 45 yards in the laurel, and and what a mature buck's going to do is just sit there, mm-hmm. he knew it was getting dark soon, and he was just gonna sit there where he knew it was safe and then once once it got dark, he would then go check out that dough and see what was going on but uh so that was another close encounter, so you know,
1: yeah, getting close, yeah, we're getting there man and and that's i mean the the cool thing too for me back at home right now is the cameras are finally like lighting up again, um they were quiet there for quite some time, but now it's like good bucks and really good bucks. Uh, that big nine last year is definitely a 10 this year with a little bit more mass. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, man, I would, I just want to see him like, like even if I, if he, if I see him 60 yards, I just want to see him on the hoof. Like, cause Holy cow, these <laughs> pictures are just incredible. And my dad keeps saying, that's a buck of a lifetime. and, Oh man, I feel, I feel bad for him because he can't catch a break. It's like when he's in one spot that there's another (laughs) while he's up there, you know? Um, but, uh, yeah, well, we got Saturday, Sunday and Monday to get, get it done and try to go from there and use this weather. And I, this has historically been our, our time in a sense of seeing good rut and good buck movement. So that's why I'm, I'm using the weather using the, the timing just i'm like here we go
2: yeah i i killed my buck on the 12th last year mm-hmm. uh, i've killed a buck on this weekend before a couple of years prior to that um and i the one podcast we were on i picked the 12th to kill a buck oh, on that saturday so yeah. you know i'm feeling confident Going into
1: this weekend, yeah. so isn't it a, such a good feeling? Like feeling confident rather than being like clueless, mm-hmm. or like frustrated. You know what I mean? Like it's yep. it's a whole different attitude. I think it's a good mindset too. Like like you know you're going to be like I'm sitting all day, and I'm not going anywhere until it's dark or I kill my buck. Like I don't know.
2: Yeah, it's it's um, it's exciting. I don't know. It's down to the wire and just. I always like to get it, get it done before the orange armory. Yep. I mean, I'll participate. I love rifle hunting too. Yeah. You know, so it's, it's fun tradition, but, uh,
1: we'll see what happens. Yeah. We'll see what happens now before, before we wrap up, how has the trail cam kind of data helped you or frustrated you in, in any way this year? Um,
2: I, I I ran two cell cameras this year. Uh, both of them were on private property, just yep. because I knew they weren't going to get stolen. So yep. Uh, it was a f- further drive, the furthest drive that I make mm-hmm. to to hunt. So you know that was better for me to gain that inventory. So I ran a lot of different cameras this year. Uh, my plan was to keep them up basically throughout the season, you know, even on public to, mm-hmm. to take that chance, chance. of, you yep. know, i I've bought cheaper cameras for public that if they stolen, you know, whatever, if you really want that camera, right. have it, you know? Mm-hmm. So, so I wanted to leave them up. I have checked a few of the, the cameras and, you know, but it's, some of it's frustrating because I didn't get the intel that I wanted to. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a couple that, that I was trying to learn a piece and, and figure out what they were doing through that, that Octo- late October into the, the early November time frame and there just wasn't anything on there. Mm-hmm. Um, so it didn't really tell me a whole lot. Uh, the one sale camera, you know, was really hot uh, in the summer mm-hmm. and then it got to kind of the, the the fall and October and then it kind of got cold. Yeah. So didn't really pan out as what i thought it would um the other camera there was a nice mature buck that was kind of patternable at the early season um hunted him a couple times on that by that camera uh didn't show up then he kind of got to where he was only coming through at nighttime Mm -hmm. um and then he kind of I don't think he disappeared i just think he you know once the rock kicked in he changed his pattern a little bit so i'm trying to figure that out yeah Uh, i did move a few cameras um in that location to where i found better sign Mm -hmm. now that it's available for me to see a little bit more um but i'm excited to kind of you know use this year data of of kind of Figuring out where I need to be throughout the year, right? Which we've talked about before. Which this mm-hmm. is the first year we've done it. Um, so you know, I I, I like tr- I like the cell cameras, but I also don't. Yeah, you know what I mean because yeah. they can be very beneficial, but they also can be frustrating because when you know you can't hunt, mm-hmm. you know, like certain days. Mm-hmm. Like it's different if I had a job where, you know, a self-employed or you know, mm-hmm. I just could you know, say, Hey, I'm leaving at lunchtime. I'm going out because this buck's doing that. Like, I know I can only hunt like maybe a Thursday or Friday after work and then Saturday. Right. So I feel like I'd rather spend the money on regular cameras and have more of them Mm -hmm. and then, then sell cameras. Yeah. You know, just spending the money and, you know, I'd rather have other gear, you know, have that money for other gear just because of the style of how I hunt. Yeah. I just don't feel like I need that cell camera where I could just leave the other one out and then the next year I kind of have that
1: data. Yeah, no, that that's great. And yeah, I, I, I've ha- I, I ran a bunch of different cell cameras and uh, we never really had that opportunity to go talk about it. So I've just a quick rundown. Uh, we tried Wild Game, uh, like the Wild Game Innovation ones, then the Wild View, which is like the cheaper brand from stealth cam Uh, reveals, Moultrie and Exodus. Uh, My Exodus camera died really quick, even though I use I didn't use the lithium, which I know a lot of people are going to hammer about but I mean, they were like, insane and so hard to get as price went. And during that time when I didn't have the extra cash, I used a good one. I do have the solar panel, which I do need to hook up with it. Uh, but when that was working and I had it up and running, it was probably the best uh, clear, you know, as far as quality goes. Um, Reveal still to me are like the best bang for your buck. You get them for 100, 130 bucks, whatever the model you get. Uh, pretty decent pricing uh have been re- very reliable for for me and my dad uh after that uh honestly i would probably push people towards the wild game ones because they're kind of like the reveals however if you put them in spots where like you and i hunt th- your first 100 pitchers are free mm-hmm. and like I have yet to even touch that. Well, and that's the same with the spy point. It's the same way. Yeah. So like, And I know a lot of people don't have good luck with spy points. Um, I don't have any. Um, The Moultrie, I ran one. It didn't even work. I got my money back. Um, And, of course, I'm a sucker for deals and stuff. And I got another two-pack when it was on sale at Dick's and I had coupons and everything. So I basically got one for free with, within the two pack, you and I put out one of them. It was working. Uh, it stopped working. I uh, put out the other one also on that kind of same ground. It was working. It also stopped working. <laughs> so like, I am so done with, I, I hate to, I'm not, a, I don't want to, I know I'm bashing, but like, at what point do you like, yeah, you know what I mean? I, I've learned my lesson finally. After like 10 Moultrie cameras not working. So yeah, I, I really, and those wild view ones, the cheaper camera from Stealth cam have been phenomenal as well. Like no video on it. Okay. Image. Like you get the, you get the, the point when you see what you get basically. Um, but man, like kind of going off of what you said, I'd like having them for back at home because it's a two 20, you know, two hours and 20 minutes away. But man, like, like my dad's story today, just that's a heart wrencher, man. Like, (laughs) Mm -hmm. uh, on one of the spots that I have, uh, we had that big 10 on camera uh, on Saturday and he, uh, texted me earlier. He couldn't hunt this morning and he said, Hey, I'm going to go on top and hunt that area where you had the big 10. See, see, maybe he comes through again. Maybe he makes that loop a couple days later. I said, yeah, that's a good spot. And, uh, about three o'clock. Cause my dad went up early, went up about noon and around or one, one o'clock, whatever it be. And around three o'clock that big 10 crossed his normal area on his cell camera. And I mean, that was just a heart wrencher. <laughs> so it's just, I, I, I could see the, the frustration part in them. And, uh, but like you said, I, am almost to the point where like, I feel good with what I have, as far as cell cameras go, and if I want any other ones, I might just go with a regular and kind of do the whole glitzky trick of put it on video and I'll get it at the end of the season type of ordeal on mm-hmm. uh, and, and find these scrapes you know so I don't know i they've been helpful now again back at home because I have an idea of what I would like to do this weekend and make a game plan off of it a little bit but
2: Yeah. And I think a lot of times it's, it's so hard to try to find service Mm -hmm. even, I mean, my two cameras are, you know, they are Verizon Yep. and there's literally a right on my father-in-law's property at the top of the mountain. So at the peak, Mm -hmm. there is a Verizon tower Yeah. and there's been parts of the the property, you know, on that hillside, which I'm only a hundred yards, 200 yards away from that tower. I still can't get reception. (laughs) You know, I don't know. You know, a lot of times I thought maybe it was the foliage and I I tried moving them and it was just really frustrating. Yeah. And it's like just hanging the camera and I'll get it
1: and get that inventory for next year. Yeah. Well, we'll have... uh we'll do another one of these, like kind of obviously to wrap up the whole season we'll talk about maybe some gear we use next time. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I definitely want to do a podcast with me, me, you and Ian to talk about your Ohio trip. Cause you know, you know, you guys went through it and both killed bucks, which is great. Um, and just the whole planning and prepping and uh, all that type of stuff. So we'll, we'll talk about that. And then uh, yeah, now that, the season's kind of wrapping up for people we'll have on people to come and tell their stories and heck we got aaron hepler troy dietrichs and we got jim from pertineer outdoors with all bucks good friends of ours that and geez that freaking moose knuckle whatever that troy killed i mean that thing is just a freak aaron's a point had great mass just an awesome buck and um he didn't have any history with that buck. That was just, wow. a, he just basically had good uh, historical data on that area. And there he was, I mean, pretty cool. Texted his wife at whatever 32 and two minutes later shot that buck. So Jeez. I'm excited to have him talk through of his story and, uh, and we'll have Jim on to talk about his season too. And he'll, you know, and if there's things that I guess people you want to hear or talk about, and this is kind of, the whole prepping and learning and moving and grooving about tactics and strategies kind of wraps up now and it switches towards uh, how your season went, but also other, I don't know what other topics, I guess we could dive into. I mean, this will be year three and we're still kind of like, man, eh, what do we talk about? So, <laughs> but uh, you know, if there's anything that you want to hear, just, you know, reach out to Demetri, Jim and Mike and uh, our buddies. And I mean, that's, that's what we'll, we'll get you on the horn and we'll go and, We'll be back on Bullhorn and doing live and doing all that type of stuff. So, man, let's get after it this weekend. Hopefully w- the intro to this will be really good for, for both of us or one of us. And, yep. and it just, it just, man, I, I'm excited. So thanks again, everybody, for tuning in. And uh, hopefully this past weekend with Sunday hunting you had success and as well as uh, this week because it's going to be cold. So get after it and antler up.